the year. Man, it's been like only three days, and it's quite it's been quite the emotional roller coaster in the world of sports uh, to start off. Well, actually, to end the old year and to start off the new year, which we will dive into just about anything and everything throughout this entire show, including I did want to bring up some of the uh, burning sports business questions to look out for in 2023, including the bajillion, bajillion dollar NBA contract and who's going to get that. So and then other crazy things yesterday happening in the NBA. But of course, probably the most serious thing to happen yesterday was what we thought would be an epic and awesome game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals uh, ended in what almost seemed like for a split second could have been very tragic. Uh, Fortunately, Damar Hamlin, the 24-year-old safety for Buffalo, uh, is said to be in critical condition. His family did release a statement this morning, but they will provide updates as we see them. But if you guys missed what happened yesterday um, in the Monday Night Football game, Damar Hamlin, who is, he was drafted in the sixth round of the 2021 NFL draft. So again, only 24 years old. He made what looked like a routine type of tackle on T. Higgins, and they both went to the ground, but he stood up immediately. And And when you see the tackle itself, it didn't look bad at all. It's like we've seen throughout this entire season and before throughout the NFL, there have been very, very awful and crazy hits. But this one really looked routine. Um, He stood up, but then immediately just passed out basically and T Higgins got up and knew or kind of saw him on the ground and I'm sure you can see through the helmet that and he was pointing to the player on the other team and uh, there was like a huge scare still a scare he as he had to be given CPR and they had to restart his heart Uh, fortunately he is alive right now but as mentioned he is in critical condition Um, so that was probably the scariest thing to happen over the weekend and I was like looking at Twitter like all all night uh, this morning, seeing if there were updates at all. Uh, shout out to a lot of fans. They So in 2020, when he was still at Pitt, he started a GoFundMe to, for a toy drive and to purchase toys for children in need and the community. And his initial goal was, quote, only $2,500. And right now it is up to $4.2 million. So just, I swear, like, a few hours ago, it was at like three and a half million or just over three and a half million. And now it's up to 4.2 million. Um, And people are still continuing to donate as they are praying for him. And it was just a scary, scary scene uh, just to go through the timeline of everything that happened. The injury occurred at 8.55. The game was temporarily suspended at 9.18 the ambulance left the stadium at 9.25 and the game was officially postponed at 10.01. So just a little over an hour from the injury occurring, the game was officially postponed. And I know I know, people like Alan were very adamant about them. Like, why aren't they postponing this game already? Because for a long time on the screen, it said temporary, temporary. And I believe it was when I actually texted Alan, like, yeah, this is weird that it's temporary. Then it became officially suspended. But when I looked at some of the reasoning behind everything that can happen, I was like, you know, it kind of makes some sense because, well, one, they don't want to cause a panic. Two, they had to get his mom up from the stands to come ride with him to the ambulance. So you don't want to suspend the game before 925 because you don't want the crowd to cause 
more delay in time for his mom to come down from where she was sitting. Like she wasn't on the field. She was up in the stand. So they had to come bring her down. And then at the same time, you want the ambulance to be able to easily go to the hospital and not suspend or to say, tell everyone the game's off and everyone's going to go to their car and then it's going to cause traffic. And then you need to make sure the ambulance can leave in time, get there in time, and then officially call off the game. And when you kind of look at the breakdown, and then the NFLPA needs to be consulted because I was thinking about this too, where, okay, if you're going to, this is, this is a game that was very meaningful in terms of the playoffs. And if you, what's going to happen if you don't play this game because the playoffs are here, you know, we're heading into the final week of the regular season, all these games coming up, pretty much majority of them, even those for the top seeds mean something this weekend. But if this game doesn't finish, not what does that mean? Not only for the playoffs and the teams, but also for just the personal livelihood of the players in terms of, I know it's not something they're thinking about at that moment, but if you, if you're the NFLPA, you're going to go and make sure that your players, if this game doesn't complete, like they need to get paid, right? Like you need to make sure that, hey, the, the discussion is there, the coaches, the players, if they decide they don't want to play as they should, then all of these things have to happen. So I think an hour or so after the injury actually happened is really reasonable, especially when you compare it to what happened with Christian Erickson as well a couple of years ago. I Okay. I, I get the protocols and everything, but this is why you have like preseason meetings for every scenario and situation like this. When you play a violent sport like football, where any of this type of stuff can happen, you pray it doesn't. For you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it will never happen. But for that point one, you got to be prepared for it, right? Which they and, were. No, and, and I get that, but that's according to some because there's also other reports going. They, they, it's not as clear as they're kind of coming out now after doing some damage control, making it seem like, oh no, we never discussed not canceling it. We were discussing the protocol and how to handle this. Um, all that stuff should have been taken care of prior. Like, okay, if this, if this type of emergency happens, this is the protocol that goes in place. If this happens, this goes into place. Um, an hour after it, it bothers me because I'll, I'll, I'll simply tell you why. Yes, I get the, okay, maybe you don't do it for the first 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, because of course you need, you, you need the ambulance to have space and the roadways to be as clear as possible. But an hour after the, the DeMar Hamlin and that ambulance, thank God, praise God that he was already at the hospital by then. And, and, and we, we still were like, everyone's still in limbo going, is this temporarily, you know, halted? Is this not? What, what's the situation? I, I get the reasoning of why you would hold it so you can make sure, you know, Mrs. Hamlin gets down. Um, you know, you can make sure that DeMar is out safely and has a direct route to UC Medical Center. Um, and I, I get all that. But an hour after in a situation like that, those protocols should have already been in place on how to handle this when you make that call. I get, I get, I get. And, and please don't think I don't. I get having to consult the NFLPA. I'm glad they did because you're right. Monies do matter. I, I get it. This is these are obviously people, not for like but, your but Josh not, Allen, but Joe not, Burrow. Yeah. But, this, but no, but I get it. For your support, roster. yeah. The guys that will never see a lick of playing time, but that are there mm -hmm. from the practice squad. These games matter. That if you suit up, you, you're getting paid something. Are you getting paid here because you only played nine minutes of this game? I'm. I think it was about nine minutes or yeah, so. It wasn't a lot. Um, I, I I understand that situation, but again, those protocols already should be in place also. Hey, this type of emergency happens. We have to halt the game. You'll get paid based on this, or you'll get paid the full right since we did start the game, but we will have to make it up at a later date. 
that stuff all should have already been planned out. The, the I think everyone did as best as they could given the situation. I just think that situation could have been like, hey, this person's life is more important right now. The logistics and everything are like the the situations that the playoff implications. We can figure that out on a later date. Right now, there's no way Buffalo the the Bills players are thinking about winning this game. There's no way even Cincinnati's thinking about winning this game. They just saw their brother in arms right now laying on the ground with no heartbeat being administered CPR and an AED. There's, well, there's, you got to be mentally right to play this game because if you oh, take yeah. your if you take your mind off one second, you're getting hit hard from the blind side or whatever uh, you know whatever the situation may be. You're risking serious injury because you're not focused at that moment. You knew your players would not be focused. Make that call for their safety as well in that moment. Yeah, and at this point, too, I think it was just such a weird... Because you're right, and I'm sure they've had... I mean, obviously, from an emergency standpoint, they all the protocols were in place. They practiced this before the game. They go through um, meetings before each game in the season in case things like this happen. But I think it was more of what to do... Like, because fortunately, he did not die. He was still alive. He was conscious and they had to you know put him under when he got to the hospital just so they could put a tube inside to help him breathe but he was alive I'm sure if there is a death on the field then 100% it's like it's canceled but we've seen major hits we've seen people not come out okay you know like Ryan Shazier ironically a lot of the major hits and emergencies have happened on this Bengals field which is crazy a crazy thing I saw like the Antonio Brown hit by Vontes Berkficht, um, Ryan Shazier, who was paralyzed, but fortunately he's made not a 100% recovery by now, but uh, is able to walk. And then Tuatongo Vailoa, when he had that hit earlier in the season or hit the turf. So I think because they're used to two things where it comes to hits, people, players are knocked out. And the game always resumes. So I think this was just kind of one of those, oh my goodness. Like after you stabilize him, he's alive. You transport him to the hospital. It's, wow, we've never really... And you're right. Like, And who knows? Maybe there was a protocol in place in case this particular situation happens. But I think it was just such a shock to like everyone. It's like, wait, we've continued playing games when people are essentially paralyzed on the football field. Uh, but this is... Now this is his heart. It's not his head. Like, how do we react to all of this stuff going on? And I can only imagine how long it kind of took for them to reach him and his body on the field and not know exactly what happened. Because because he was involved in the tackle, you know, everything that we've been talking about with concussions and hits to the head, you're... You know, your, your instant reaction is, oh my goodness, is this something to his head or his spine? So you're not automatically moving him and because you're not supposed to right move the head and the neck, they usually try to stabilize the player when they take a serious hit. They don't know what happened to him. It's not like, so I bring up Christian Erickson and I know a lot of people don't follow soccer, but I was watching that game. This was in 2020. It was the Euros. It's, it's basically a soccer tournament between countries in Europe. Exactly how it sounds. It's a big tournament. So, and this was 2020. A lot of the sports didn't restart yet. You know, soccer was one of the few ones that did. So I'm watching it and it's between Denmark, Denmark, which is Christian Eriksen's country, and then Finland. And I believe it was about 40 something minutes into the game and he was receiving a throwing ball and he just went down. And you're like, what just happened? Like no hard tackle, no nothing. And fortunately, his teammate kind of knew something was immediately wrong because, again, unlike football in soccer, you don't 
wear any helmets. Like, at least you can see when something's wrong. It's not something that happens all the time. So they were able to really know that something serious was wrong. I think that's what helped kind of the medical professionals and everyone get to him in time. His teammate actually started performing CPR before the medical team were able to get to him. And the teammates formed kind of like a circle around him so they could work on him. And fortunately, he left the stadium on the stretcher, but he did the he was awake and he did kind of like the thumbs up, which is what everyone was waiting for with Damar Hamlin. And when everyone didn't get that, you're kind of like, oh, my gosh, like something's seriously wrong. But with Christian Erickson, like you look at the timeline of that, he collapsed at 4.43 and left the stadium at 5.57. So it was a lot quicker where Erickson, that was 14 minutes between the collapse and leaving the stadium and Hamlin, it was 30 minutes. So double the time because, again, you're like, you don't really know what's going on. And there's so much padding, too, that you have That's to work why. through the chest pads and everything, and the jersey. Like, but, again, like, you're just initially thinking, like, oh, shoot, like, is it something with his head? You don't move it right away. Eric's and th- you're like, something's wrong. It's clearly, like, he didn't hit his head. There was no hard tackle. Like, something is going on. Uh, 6.32, the news is officially re- really, or announced that Christian Erickson is alive. And then 705, again, this is a lot longer in a gap in time. So that, what is that, like 82 minutes? Yeah. So 66 minutes from the time that Hamlin gets injured to the game officially being postponed. 82 minutes from the time of injury to Christian Erickson. And the game, actually the statement being announced that they're going to start playing again. So similar injury in the sense to the body. They both suffered a cardiac arrest. And then the players choose or chose to restart the game. Because either they restarted the game or they would have to play the next day at noon. So it's just it's interesting to see kind of the dynamic between two different sports, like totally different countries happening the same type of, um, for lack of a better term, injury. uh, And then having one scenario where the players are like, all right, let's start and the other one. But I think it might be more of a lack of, again, just not knowing if he's like alive, like Christian Erickson later on that day, he like Instagram, like a thumbs up, like he was fine. So like to me, I'm like, I'm just concerned medically like how much of a significant difference that I, like almost 15 minutes could have made I think it matters from that standpoint and that that's it's like scary to think about for Damar Hamlin no and I I, I think you're absolutely right and it matters and and the, I hate the emoji I hate the signal of a thumbs up it actually like in real like regular life it drives me nuts because nothing says I don't want to talk to you more than a thumbs up yeah, but in sports, it's the greatest yeah. gesture you could see, hand gesture from a mm-hmm. player that you could see, because it tells you they're at least awake and they're coherent and they got some type of motor function and they're okay mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, um, you didn't see it on this one. And, and reports were early on where like, he, you know, they got his heartbeat back, but he was not breathing on his own. So he that's why he had to put a tube in because he wasn't breathing on his own and he still remained not breathing on his own inside the ambulance from if you depends on what reports you read. Again, you can't, you got to take everything with a grain of salt right now to the actual, you know, his medical team comes out and gives a, an official statement of what, you know, what you believe. If you read on Twitter, you know, there's a lot of theories of to what could have happened. Either it's a heart attack or it was, you know, what they call. I, I think the one I, that kind of, you know, sticks out to me is uh, it's a thing called, and, and I'm no doctor, so I might pronounce this wrong, comotio cordis. 
Oh, it's yeah. where you your chest gets hit at the precise. It's I guess it's got to be the precise like exact like moment of your heartbeat at the same like this millisecond precise mm-hmm. time of your heartbeat and it and it will shock your heart into stopping. You know that one I kind of go like oh that makes a little sense because the way the hit happened right in his chest didn't look anything dangerous. It looked like a regular tackle. Yeah. He got up like you said took like it looked like he took two steps and then just fell straight backwards. Um. So you know there's that but. I agree with you how long it took them to get. And and I'll I'll say this, and people might not think of this, but this is what I thought. Thank God he was not wearing one of those full-on blacked-out face shields because then you really can't Mm. see his face and his eyes, and you can't see the severity of what's going on there because some of these guys' face shields, the masks, Mm -hmm. are tinted so dark you can't see in there. Thank God, I think, because as as I'm looking um, at these kind of pregame videos of him saying hello to his mom, it it looks like he has either just a light-tinted shield or a clear shield. So you can see through, though. And and that's a good thing, because now you can see his eyes. Are they rolled back? You can kind of see his facial expression, if there is any. And you can see where you stand there. But some of these guys were such dark, dark face shields. I wonder how much that would have played into it, too, because then you're going like, I really can't see... Where if I touch, is he hurting or is he even breathing? You know what I mean? Because the shields are so dark and so big nowadays. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, well, at least right now, I would I don't want to go out and say he's okay, but he's alive. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just crazy to think about just with football how much of a difference it made to European football where your teammate was able to act fast because it's not something you see every day in the world of soccer. In football, it was kind of like, oh, did he get hit? I don't know. Um, it seemed normal. What what's going on? So even just all of that, like those fifteen minutes compared to Christian Erickson's situation and Demar Hamlin, could have made all the difference. But hopefully he will be okay. By and by the way, if you're wondering, Christian Erickson is one hundred percent okay. He put like a, they put something in, in his heart to help with the irregular heartbeats, and he's back <laughs> playing professional competitive soccer. Uh, so we ho- can only hope the same for uh, Demar Hamlin. I, I don't know if mentally you can recover from wanting to go back and play football again but uh hopefully he can live a normal life moving forward all right when we come back we're gonna switch it up and we'll keep you updated obviously as the week goes on with the situation but we'll come back and talk about just the different scenarios now heading into the final week of the nfl regular season when we come back on wake up in the Hope everyone is having a happy new year so far. I can't believe we're in 2023. It was so funny because I was having lunch and stuff with one of my friends yesterday and I was like, yeah, did we do anything um, this this year? I kept saying this year, you know, thinking it was still 2022 and she kept saying like, no, that was last year. I was like, no, like I swear we did stuff this year and she's like, it's 2023. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, last year. Oh, I'm still kind of like, getting over the whole I mean like I said having that extra day off and just uh by the way Hawaii with their Hawaii kind things and just wanting to outdo themselves like that's what we talked about too like oh you guys are gonna try really hard to stop all those illegal fireworks uh well since you brought it up (laughs) I I, a couple things one thank you Kalihi the last couple days have actually been really quiet oh minus here and there you get the one 
baboos that <laughs> decides he still wants to throw fireworks off every now and then. But for the most part, Kali, he's been really quiet the last couple of days, so I appreciate that. But here's my thing. I don't mind you throw off fireworks. Do you? <laughs> Try to outdo your neighbors. I get it. Go have fun. Protect the cakey. That's all I ask. Protect the cakey. That's all I ask. Here's another thing I ask. If you are going to fire, uh, pop off fireworks, firecrackers, uh, especially the long, uh, the Chinese uh, dragon snapper ones. Oh, like uh, the actual fire The actual firecrackers for, yeah. for New Year's to ring in the new year and, and, and good luck. Um, I ask of one simple thing. Please, for the love of the almighty man upstairs, clean up your rubbish. So many houses oh, I yeah. passed yesterday and today, all the trash and rubbish from all the firecrackers is still all over the streets and grounds. And it drives me absolutely insane. You want to have the responsibility of being allowed to do it, then have the responsibility of cleaning it up as well. That's my only PSA. Other than that, Happy New Year. Kalihi, you've been real. Man, <laughs> I live in Aleva Heights, by the way, but Kalihi Valley, you've been real the last couple of days, kept it quiet. But let me tell you, Kalihi Valley was popping for New Year's. <laughs> I think that's everywhere. Even Waipahu, I slept obviously. Kalihi, uh, I'm assuming like Eva Beach and everything else. <laughs> By the way, Uncle Alan did not make it to midnight. Uncle Alan did not even make Uncle it to- Uncle Alan didn't make it to midnight? No, Uncle Alan went to bed like, I think I passed out before 10 o'clock. Not passed out like drunk or anything. I just have a kid and you're just, you're gassed. Running around with the kid all day long, all the parties what? and everything. I was, I was out. I don't think I made it to 10 o'clock. I thought I wasn't going to make it out because- um, well, one, which we'll talk about in a little bit. One, the games were exciting. The football game was crazy, that TCU-Michigan game. So I thought I was like, I ex- I exerted so much energy watching that game. And then I we went to, obviously, the University of Hawaii men's basketball game, exerted a lot of energy. And I'm like, <laughs> by the end of the basketball game, I'm like, I'm so tired. <laughs> but then we went to a friend's house. Fortunately, there's a lot going on, including popping fireworks or crack firecrackers. And, you know, everyone's having a good old time. And so I surprisingly did easily make it to New Year's. But at first I did it. The other half didn't make it. Oh, well, uh, he didn't make it on his own. He did fall asleep. And then I had to wake him up to like when the New Year, like five minutes to the New Year. It's like, um, hello. We gotta wake up. It's almost the New Year. According to my wife, she just kissed my forehead on New Year's uh, as soon as the clock struck midnight and uh, let me sleep because she knows I don't sleep much. So <laughs> she allowed me to, yeah. Even Uncle, when you had another two days off? Yeah, Uncle Alan was, uh, have a kid. You don't have days off. <sighs> but I'll tell you what, Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah, happy uh, New Year. Hope everyone Hope everyone was safe. Um, I saw that there were quite a few fireworks-related injuries. <laughs> the 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 one, to, oh the, one to the nether regions is the one that cracks me up. Sorry, I feel bad. If that's you, I'm not making fun. Well, I am, but I, but you get what I mean. Like, yeah. Well, it's kind of it's funny. Kind of chuckle because again, you're not supposed to. If it was due to an illegal firework, <laughs> then um, I think you have to be willing to take the risk with what comes with. You want to know what's fireworks. more impressive if you like if you go on social media like uh, Instagram. You want to know what's more impressive to me is not only the news report like the news reporters get like the actual EMS report like some random dude got the EMS report and was like and like there's videos of these random guys getting the EMS report and they're like just making fun of the guy that got hit in the genitals. My God, like, like why? Hopefully he's okay and no, I pray that he is. Yeah. But again, if it was due to illegal fireworks, I mean, come on, people. We got to 
just be be safe. So fortunately, no deaths though um, due to fireworks. So it was it was insane. But anyways, looking at the the so the week eighteen NFL schedule came out. They were. All the game times were TBD. Uh, by the way, the Cowboys Commanders game is at 11:25 a.m. and you can listen to it right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Uh, they put they chose to put the Lions Packers game for the Sunday night football uh, at 3:20. It's kind of funny because on social media, a lot of people are like, well, why you got to do the them dirty like that? Because I guess the scenario, right, is if the I believe it's if the the so Seattle will clinch a playoff berth if they win and if Green Bay loses so but against Detroit hmm, likely the Packers are just on this streak right now and Aaron Rodgers is doing Aaron Rodgers things so all they have to do is win and they're in Um, so they kind of wanted a lot of the fans are kind of like why didn't you put the Seattle game the same time as the Green Bay and Detroit game because Seattle plays the Rams which are playing for nothing. They're they've been eliminated from the playoffs, uh, but Seattle makes the playoffs if they win and Green Bay loses. But I mean, to that, I I tell people, do do they think like like Detroit or Green Bay are going to like sit on their phones right like leading up to the game and just pay attention to it? I hope not. Like if you're a coach or a player that is heavily paying attention to the end of the game then you don't deserve to play anyways because you should be focusing on your own game. The Lions, on the other hand, have a chance to actually clinch a playoff berth if they win and Seattle loses. So again, all indications are those couple of games are very important, especially as I know they pertain to a lot of our friends that are fans of both the Seahawks and the Packers here and a couple of Lions fans, actually. We know a couple. Eh? I think I know like two. Hey, Kenny Harrison is like the first Detroit Steve Lions fan I've like fan I ever met. I'm like, oh, you're a Detroit Lions fan. I didn't know they existed here in Hawaii. But we know Kyle Goldera and his Green Bay Packers self as they keep winning. And yeah, yeah they're they look good. Oh, I know because Aaron Rodgers good. is doing Aaron Rodgers things. But this beautiful people, this week we are hoping for once we are cheering for the Bears to lose and for the Texans to win. <laughs> The Texans to win. And the Bears to lose because the Bears would slide into the number one draft pick. Right now they're at number two. <laughs> that's not that's because the Texans, as it stands right now, are 12, yeah, 13 the te- at one. Uh, they're that, at the top. That's asking a lot. Yeah, so they're at the top at at or top of the draft order let me be clear not at the top of any playoff implications and then the Chicago Bears are at three and 13 followed by the Arizona Cardinals with the third pick at four and 12 Denver Broncos at four and 12 with the fourth pick and the Colts with the fifth pick so wait the Broncos have a pick yeah in the draft. They, didn't, they didn't have to give it up in the Russell Wilson mm, no possibly but in this situation it just shows the team order oh yeah it doesn't say like, but it will be so and so picking because of a trade. We're the Rams on that thing because man, do they they're suck! They're at six, so their record is at five and eleven. Is it? Is it? Doesn't it amaze you? Like it amazes me. You look at like, okay, the Arizona Cardinals up on that list, having like the third worst record in the league. Uh, you know, the Rams having the sixth worst record in the league, and and you're talking about teams that were literally all the way in it to the end, and and also winning this whole darn thing. And now you look at them just. It's it's crazy how football like 
just how unreal football can be. One minute you're on the top, the very next you're on the very bottom. And who would have thought this Russell Wilson thing, Just even though all the players are starting to come to his defense now, so now it's hard to believe, is this a Nathaniel Hackett thing or is this a Russell Wilson thing? But, like, who would have thought, like, that would just be a nightmare oh, yeah. in Denver? I don't yeah, know. I remember, do you, do you think is got, it a Nathaniel Hackett thing? I don't. I don't know. Because too, it's too late to tell now because they they were so far into the season when they fired him. Like you have a few games left, and you just I don't know, you look at Russell Wilson know. the way he throws the ball. It's you're kind of going, like, huh? Yeah. He doesn't have that dog in him. That's what I've been saying in the beginning. I'm like, he doesn't have that, as the the kids say these days. But yeah, we're cheering for the Bears, which they play the Vikings, which the Vikings do have something to play for as they try to secure the higher seed uh, in the playoffs so the Bears to lose and the Texans play the Colts which the Texans beating the Colts isn't exactly like far-fetched Indianapolis is only favored by two and a half at home so let's go people we're cheering for the Texans (laughs) just so the Bears I mean granted the Bears obviously have their franchise quarterback I hope because Justin Fields is looking really awesome but maybe they can draft a somebody and yeah and this is actually their pick you know, after so many years of like, oh, they traded away everything and like the whole Mitch Trubisky thing and everything else. So the Bears, it would be interesting. It would be an interesting draft considering this is, you know, everyone's talking about Bryce Young being like the number one draft pick. But for a team that doesn't need a quarterback, it will be fun to maybe. Y- y'all would take Caleb Williams. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, actually, y'all, y'all we're, would on take... a, we're on a clean slate. There is a new if 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 Ryan Pace was still the GM, I would not count anything ridiculous out. But the fact that they cleaned house in the front office, I'm like, I'm I don't gonna, know. This, I'm going to reserve myself. To... This has got like a Bryce Young, Caleb Williams pick all over it for y'all. If you had the number, no, one they're going to draft day. If that's the thing, if they go ahead of the Texans, because the Texans clearly need a franchise quarterback, it would just be fun to totally draft day them, like how San Francisco did to um, the Bears, where the Bears needed a quarterback. San Francisco was a pick ahead, and they traded. They got them to trade away all these picks just so they could flop spots. So, Bears. Do the right thing and lose this Sunday and have the Texans win and then draft them. That's what I'm going with and I'm sticking to it. Anyways, when we come back, we will talk about uh, Allen and Kool-Aid taking cracks for the college football playoffs. (laughs) When we come back, those are crazy games. When we come back on Wake Up in the Den. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia. Happy New Year, our first show of the year. Hope it's the it's going pretty fabulous for all of you guys in 2023. Um, and maybe some of you that had a day off. By the way, it's very crowded at the mall yesterday. Maybe Which is funny. I, Did you go on New Year's wasn't too bad. Okay. I went yesterday. And I guess well you know, a lot of I'm, people are returning things. I'm a person, but I thought that was the day after Christmas. Like when I went last week, I'm like, dang, it's crowded. Only because I wanted to go eat at Gomate. <laughs> I wasn't even going to the mall to like shop or anything. I just wanted to eat at Gomate. And I'm like, what is going on? It's so crowded. And then I thought yesterday. Why didn't you be just go bad. to Ward Center across the street? That one closed. Oh, it did? Yeah. 
What? Yeah. Closed a while ago. It's now called, I think it's Pizza Daddy. Better be some good pizza if you have the name Pizza Daddy. I heard it's good. I haven't tried it yet, but heard it's good. Does it beat mine? I don't know. I like Domino's. (laughs) On that note. (laughs) Domino's stepped up their game, by the way. Anyways, yes. Uh, (laughs) Did I ever tell the story of Domino's? Can I real quick? Okay. So one of my good friends when I was growing up in Riverside, um, so Domino's is franchises, right? Yeah. Uh, his dad had a, uh, was a franchise owner of a Domino's. So I grew up on Domino's. So that's actually still one of my favorite pizzas because the nostalgia, of course, of when I was growing up in Riverside. But it was funny that like I actually had a friend who owned a Domino's pizza. And at that time, that was when – do you remember that, that old character they used to have? Uh, the no- Was it the Noid? I think it was. Oh, gosh, I forget. I like never, the rabbit, like the half rabbit, half devil looking type thing. I don't know. I don't know. I, I only started liking Domino's within like the last five years just because they were like the oh, junkest. I should come over one. to our house though because I make my own pizza, my own dough and everything. Okay, baby. <laughs> Do you not want to hang out with me? I mean, I'll hang out with that. you. I just don't know if I trust your cooking. Wow. <laughs> It's hurtful. Yeah. You know what else hurt? Taking cracks on Saturday. Uh. Trying to avoid that conversation because it still hurts. So in case you guys missed it, I mean, at least both games are pretty exciting and pretty darn epic. Uh, But TCU coming up on top over Michigan 51-45. The spread on that game was the bigger one at 7.5 over under 56. Uh, And this is why we are not professional pickers because... Although we were right on the over. The over was correct. I know. It didn't go and under. So it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. That's how I kind of thought I was texting our little group text that day. I was like, see, when TCU was like leading the whole game, I was like, this is exactly how I thought the game was going to go, except I thought the scores would be swapped. Like I had all the confidence in the world on that over. But yeah, I thought it would be. But if even if the scores were swapped, Michigan wouldn't have covered anyways. But I think the craziest thing about TCU for people to realize is this is what happens when you actually care about your athletics program and you invest in it. Uh, For those that maybe don't remember, TCU used to be in the whack with all of us, and now they're going to the national championship game. It's crazy, too, is Sonny Dykes. People forget Sonny Dykes used to be the head coach at La Tech. Remember Mm -hmm. when we were in the whack, too, and and he was at La Tech, and he didn't get a fair shake at La Tech, actually, because they just flat out sucked. Uh, no offense. Heard they're great people, though, down in Shrewsport. Actually, to be fair, I, I hear they're actually some of the <laughs> nicest people ever meet. But their football team, it was atrocious back then. But Sonny Dykes, congratulations to him because he is doing wonders at that TCU program. Yeah, It's a very nice campus. Actually, when we went to – when did I go to Dallas? I went to Dallas like a few years ago. And we went to Fort Worth, and TCU is in that area. So we just thought like, oh, let's go you know, drive on the campus. And it is – beautiful like it is a really really nice campus the football stadium is nice and it's just you're like wow but at the same time you're like yeah tcu especially at that time we're like meh if you told me back then still that they would make it to the national championship game i feel like no they don't have the resources to do that they're not that serious about football but sure enough take it very very seriously they invest in their athletic programs and especially in their football program and lo and behold beating Michigan, and now there's all these talks, obviously, since he's 0 for 2 now in the semifinal, that uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to, if the right offer comes, 
he could possibly See, be back in the NFL. I didn't want to say it, and this is why I started having premonitions before the game, because that, re- that report was coming out right before the game, and I thought, man, it's just a really odd time for this story to start coming out right before the game. So then I started thinking, is Harbaugh even focused in on this game, or is he thinking about cashing in on going to the NFL again? And then it brought me up to like what you and I always talk about, Lay. Why won't these coaches ever get in their head? Sometimes you're going to be a phenomenal college coach, but you're just going to be a subpar. But he was good at the 49ers. They went to the Super Bowl. Colin Kaepernick. That's that's the reason why. No. It's all about Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick is not Pat Mahomes. It's not the reason you go to the Super Bowl. That team was actually really good. Cliff Kingsbury will be fine in it. I'm just saying. He's got a good <laughs> thing at Michigan. Why? Why? Like, he's making just the amount of I mean, they talk about the pressure. I think one of the landing spots, obviously, of the Denver Broncos was a consideration that they're kind of penciling him. Like, so basically the, you know, the opportunity is there. And I think the Denver Broncos is one of them that they're kind of speculating that he could end up at. Obviously, they have the coaching opening. Uh, You have a pretty decent roster. You know, you're not going in there and trying to... You just have a terrible quarterback is all you're saying. Yeah. Or... Depending on what happens with, um, dang, drawing a blank, drawing a blank, L.A. Rams, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, no, L.A. Rams coach. Oh, uh, Sean McVay. Yeah. So depending, because there's speculation, right? Sean McVay's McVay is not going anywhere. Leave He's not to go to um, TV because it's less stress and just as much or more money to go to TV. And he's already got his Super Bowl. Yeah. So it's like, all right, is he going to leave? And that's where Harbaugh could slide in. But there's all these things. But anyways. He's probably he's not planning for another game because he's out. But that was kind of the big shocker. I think I was most surprised at the defense by TCU in this game that like, wow, they're really stopping Michigan and really doing their their darn thing. At the end, they had what those two pick sixes. And if they didn't have those, J.J. McCarthy just being so young, maybe not through if he had a more veteran quarterback. I don't know if that would have happened, and the score could be very much Michigan could have won. I think but, on those picks, though, J.J. McCarthy had boatloads of people in his face and putting them on his backside. But that's what I mean. Like, if you're a quarterback that was you a say little just take older, the sack. more mature, you know, you could have prevented those two pick sixes, and the final score would have been a lot different because, I mean— to start off the game, you're like, wow, Michigan's never going to come back. And the next thing you know, you're like, what's going on? And then it got crazy. And then I was like yelling at my TV and texting you guys. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this really happening? Uh, and then, yeah, Roman Wilson, by the way, St. Louis grad. Pretty, pretty darn, pretty darn good. So, I mean, he finished with, let's see, Roman Wilson had five receptions for 104 yards and a touchdown, but also rushing. He had a one carry for 18 yards and a touchdown. So he had his career game. So shout out to the St. Louis boy that had the game of his life for Michigan and including that one touchdown that was like a helicopter touchdown, that rushing touchdown. Insane. It then was he got hit. awesome. I, but I think hmm. the thing for me in that game was was just like in the trenches, like just how the D line of TCU absolutely manhandled the O line, and I, I didn't expect that at all. I thought the O line of Michigan would just roll yeah. right through TCU's D line, and it just didn't never happen. And and I get it. People will go like, well, also it helps when you know Michigan's main running backs are out injured, and they got to go to their second and third and fourth stringers. Um, and I, and I get that, and you're right, but they also, but they still had what's his name. Now I'm drawing a blank on on the names. Um, they still had the running back. Um, it'll come to me in a second, but 
but he's just not their third bound back, and he's not their third down or their goal line back either. The one to punch it through the goal line, and and so that that was surprising to me. But what I liked was even though he's so young as JJ McCarthy going, you know, I think right at the start of the second half, mouthing after they gave up another touchdown, mouthing to his father and his mother and his girlfriend, uh, "Don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna win this game." And then all of a sudden he he gets he gets Michigan right back in this game. The thing that killed Michigan though too was just inopportune turnovers on the goal line. Being oh, yeah. stuffed, and again, you know, not two being able, pick sixes. yeah, two, two pick two pick sixes, not being able to score in the red line when you had been, I mean, the red line, the um, the red zone when you had been perfect all year long up until that moment, being stopped in the red zone on the two yard line, you know, those things ended up just shifting momentum from the get go and and really putting Michigan on their on their back foot on the on their heels, and and I thought TCU just did a good job of just putting that pressure forward. They kind of got shaky a little bit towards in that third and fourth quarter, but they held the ground and, and they made the plays when they needed to. But uh, that TCU team's for real. I yeah. don't know if they're in, anywhere close to Georgia, but if Georgia but, ha- but if Georgia has a game like they had in uh, against Ohio State, which I took cracks on also, and and you did too, I will say this: TCU has a chance. Oh, they totally have a chance. I mean, Georgia, in case you guys missed it, barely, I mean, not even barely beating. I would say surviving, just because the Ohio State kicker like. <laughs> I don't know where he was aiming, but he went completely wide left. It was a 50-yarder, though, but he still missed. Georgia escapes beating Ohio State 42-41. to So still another close and exciting game that came down to the end, which I'm surprised as the initial line. So now you have number three TCU versus number one Georgia in the national championship game next week, Monday at 2.30 p.m. Hawaii time. But the shocker is what the line opened up at. And as we mentioned, Michigan, you know, annihilated Ohio State. TCU beats Michigan. Again, still maybe, like we mentioned, running backs out, a quarterback made some mistakes that shouldn't have happened. But still, it was still an evenly matched game for both times. And TCU, I think, is really coming into their own. They're getting better and better. Their defense was the surprise. And UGA favored by 13. And over under 62 and a half. So clearly, they don't even think there's going to be much defense in this game as well. So those are where the lines stand right now. I can I can only assume we're going to see a lot of line movement throughout the next couple of days. It actually went down half a point. Uh, I think it opened at 13 and a half at most places, and now it's at 13. So already line on, You might want to jump on that now while it's still kind of in double digits. Because I got to imagine by game time, that'll probably get down to either 10, 10 and a half, maybe 9. Uh, I just I think 13 is a lot. I think, Allen, I think Allen should live dangerously and do a little salt bay on the TCU money right. line. Right. You know what? <laughs> I should have listened to my gut. You know, if I would have listened to my gut, how we had talked about on Friday, we'd have been sitting pretty here, Kool-Aid, but neither you or myself did. So, By the way, money line at BetMGM is Georgia is the favorite at minus 500, TCU at plus 375. So, I, think I about that. That's see, that's a little Salt Bay action right there. I know. (laughs) Got to step aside. Uh, We'll be back to wrap things up here on Wake Up in the Den. Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia, getting so excited on this show, just knocking over things as we go on through this day, uh, first show of the new year. By the way, um, I did want to send a heartfelt uh, condolences 
and prayers out to the family of Sione Vecoso, a former Kailua High School football star and at BYU. But in case you guys were watching the news, what happened last week Friday at a Kailua home where they the 15-foot retaining wall fell, trapping him and a couple of other um, people. But he did lose his life. So want to send our, again, our condolences and our aloha to that family as, you know, that's no way that anyone wanted to end the year. And, of course, starting the, the new year off without a loved one who had a very bright future there going into BYU. Okay, so to wrap up the show, which, by the way, just... Wanted to also mention real quickly, oh, our USC, oh, our poor USC <laughs> losing to Tulane in the last second, uh, 46-45. But Tulane, I wanted to bring it up because it's kind of like when we talk about the University of Hawaii football program and the way that it's trending with the new coaching staff where Tulane had only two wins last season and they turned it around and now they finished the season 12 and 2 and beating a program like USC who had all the talk and the hype around them. Granted USC was winning most of the time, but things happened and the ball bounced in the right direction and Tulane turning around that program. So I think that's important when you compare something like, you know, we talk about uh how it does take a while to change a program and it does, but being a school like Tulane, being able to turn it around that fast uh, with two wins last season and now two losses or only two losses this season, topping it off with beating USC, who, by the way, it's crazy that USC can only get better from here because once they sure up that defense, there's no telling how good USC is going to be with Lincoln Riley as much as Allen doesn't like to um, hear that. But I always have to. You know, remind him that Lincoln Riley's going to do great wonders at USC. There's no doubt about it. But don't, don't, don't sleep on UCLA. <laughs> it's just going to be fun. Like it's going to be a fun time in the studio with college football. As like clearly, Alan and I are on the opposite sides when it comes to those two teams. But it'll be, it'll be Uh-oh. fun. As as we were talking TC real quick, just breaking news though. Uh, Sunny Sunny Dykes has just confirmed that uh, running back Kendra Miller, their their top running back, is questionable after suffering a knee injury against Michigan. Said they'll know later this week. And just so that you guys know, kind of understand the stats and the implications of that, he's a rusher with uh, thirteen uh, almost fourteen hundred yards and seventeen touchdowns this year. Um, but the good news is Imari uh, Demarcado, who filled in for him against Michigan this past weekend. He did lights out. I mean, he he had a career high 150 yards over Michigan. So that's just breaking news right now. But how crazy is this? Real quick, going back to USC, UCLA, real quick, that they got like I think it was the number two and the number one and number two quarterbacks in the country as recruits, or is it number two and number three? I forget which one it was. I think it depends on who you read and mm-hmm. what publication. But pretty insane that that UCLA and USC are getting these uh, caliber players once again, and and that's just you know kudos again. There's a lot of haters on Chip Kelly when he came to UCLA because he didn't turn that program right around. But you look at it. You give him four years in a four recruiting class, you're going to start to see Chip Kelly kind tings. <laughs> and and look what's happening. UCLA's turned it around. Give Lincoln Riley, again, four more years to turn that defense around with his recruiting class and whatever. You're going to see Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley kind tings. <laughs> the Pac-12 is solid. Too bad she's just going to become the whack pack after say, UCLA. But then they're going to leave. They're gonna leave sooner than we know it, and then, but still, I just Alan hope they don't take cracks take our, in the Big Ten. Alan and I will take our um, playful banter where both those schools like down over to the next conference. <laughs> Fight on, Alan! Fight on! Dun, dun. 
Dun 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 yeah, okay. okay. That's <laughs> Happy All New right. Year. We don't we don't have a lot of time, so we'll probably get into most of this stuff tomorrow. But it was interesting to see uh, from front office sports just some of the, as you guys know, I do like to talk a lot of sports business. Uh, some of the things to look for in the new year is how much will the NBA media rights cost? So the NBA will seek their contract is up this year. That's why. So they will seek fifty five zero to seventy five billion dollars in next. In its next media rights negotiation, and TNT doesn't have to have the NBA, but it will leave the door open for Amazon Prime as they have the NFL Thursday Night Football. And we'll see as they go completely streaming, which if they don't stay at TNT, it's kind of interesting because they just gave Charles Barkley like that 10 year, $10 million or something ridiculous like that. I mean, 10 year, $100 million contract. So if there's no NBA on TNT... I think they what had happens? to give him that contract though, because wasn't he flirting with the? No, lift? I know, but what happens if you're not you don't have the NBA on TNT anymore? They'll find something for him. That dude's funny. <laughs> I'd actually listen to that guy talk baseball. That, or that they'll dude. they'll sell his rights to yeah. Amazon. Anyways, we'll talk about it more tomorrow. For Alan Mia, I'm Kule Ugbayani. Happy New Year! Bye. Your brand new home for OIA Athletics, KGUAM, K236CR, Honolulu, is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760.